The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark. Your irregular dispatch. From the dystopian reality that is the year 2020, I'm your host, Justin Sanders, back after God knows how long. Um, I, I think uh, anyone listens to the show knows we've been pretty irregular, just like sports over the past six months or so, but Ole Miss football is back on Saturday. The lane train is on the tracks. I got my co-host, John Stefanchik, with me. What's up, John? How you been, man? I'm good. We've... Uh... We're in, we're clearly entering fall here in New England. Okay, got to bring the weather report back here. That's a good point. I forgot. Oh, to, it's been so long. I forget to, we're how we do this. We're supposed to get to eighty Saturday, although it's going to be the it's going to be the last warm week, quote unquote warm weekend of the year. That's pretty apparent. But we're here. Football weather's back. We got Patriots playing, and finally, after a year that, uh. As our uh, as our guest Weston Dean was saying, it's been a long year. It's almost over, but it's really not because a, we got the fourth quarter. We got an election. We now we get a bonus Supreme Court nominee, which is going to be its own circus. We're not going to get into that. We don't plan yeah, on. We're not. We're not talking there. politics when we we're not going reconvene there. after. A lot of, it's been a month year, and there's a lot of link left to it. But I'll just say this. It has been – this is the most interested I have been in an Ole Miss game since 2016. Oh, yeah. I think because that's – Because we find – and we'll get into it more, but we finally, by every measure, have somebody in charge of the football team that knows how to run a program. we got an AD that compliments. And as shitty as the whole process was, Boyce has actually been solid as chancellor. I can't believe I'm saying that, but – well, you know I, we're, I due, we're due for some luck here. I agree. The leadership seems to be in place. Now, that has nothing to do with what's going to happen on Saturday. But before we get into it, let's introduce our guest back on the show. I want to say upwards of five appearances at this point. Wes and Dean, how are you, my friend? Dude, I'm healthy. And uh, I'm thinking at this point, maybe uh, you can let me just be a permanent co co host. Nice. Flex by saying you're healthy during a pandemic. I, I picked up on that um, major flex. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be a per- – I mean, yeah, just turn it into a roundtable or uh, a three-hander, as they say. Is that is that where we're headed with this show? <laughs> Dude, and uh, Bedwell can be the uh, the resident lawyer of the, of, the, uh, of the show, so we can say whatever we want. We're not That's under true. investigation. We don't, need a, we don't need counsel right now. Yeah, I'm pretty so – Right now in Jackson uh, – The First Amendment. The I think it's like tropical storm beta is coming through, so it's raining really hard. 
which I don't know why you name a storm beta. I guess if it wants to be like a beta cup, which is a good thing, so it won't cause well, much Well, they ran out of names, Wes, because they've had a shit ton this year. I was going to say he wanted to be Secretary of the Navy one day, so, oh. he, went, so he went beta. That's a little Ray Davis <laughs> joke. Uh, wasn't, wasn't – no, Haley Barber was an SAE. Somebody else was a beta that's it, – it, I forget here. Uh, oh, well, that's yeah. that's a non-football season. We'll talk about what frats all the Mississippi politicians are in, I guess. John, what are you drinking coffee over there? What is that? Yes, that's coffee. John's about to pull an all-nighter, analyzing the depth chart. Everybody's, I mean, everybody's we might have gotten up. a happy hour. We might have had a few beers before this. Trying to pull it back together? Exactly. So you're gonna, are you going to have any trouble? What did you say? Free Otis, is that what you say, Wesson? We'll get Heck into yeah, that. Dude. Plenty of topics to discuss. I just have to ask John before we do. Are you going to be able to sleep after that? How, how do you do with coffee at night? Uh, I'll pass out here in a couple hours. <laughs> okay. I'm trying not to pass dude. out during the pod. Yeah, no, we don't, John, want, we don't want that to happen that again. I'm so envious of that, John. Like, if I drink, like, one Coke, like, at, or, like, uh, even a Coke Zero, like, after 8 o'clock, I'm wired. Yeah, like, I mean, knowing you, Weston, I think you're still you're still wired from like that coke you had back in sixth grade or something. The it just really courses through you at all times. <laughs> Energetic guy. Probably so, dude. All right. Well, before we get too far into it, I got to thank our sponsors here. Um, you know, as John was saying, the wait is over. Football season is back. We might not be going to any games this year, but that doesn't mean we can't get in on the action at our sponsor, Bet Online. That's right. We have a new sponsor on the show, an online gambling sponsor. We've had those before, but this is a new one. Uh, and Bet Online really goes the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable this season as far as the action is concerned. From game spreads and totals, team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get on the season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head over to betonline.ag. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your sports book experts. Thank you to our friends at Bet Online. Uh, also sponsoring this season our Lock of the Week weekly line segment that's had great success in past years. I think last year, I know I personally went like undefeated or something crazy. You have to go back and listen to the tapes; they're all there on iTunes. But really, I think you were like twelve and one. Sounds yeah. right. It was, it was honestly insane. This season, I think the goal is going to be, say, above 500. We've already decided we're uh, doing SEC lines only, just like Ole Miss is playing a 10-game SEC schedule. But that's going to make it a lot more difficult. A lot of times in the past, we were betting on, like, 30-point favorites, stuff like that. So it, it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. We'll, uh, we'll get into those lines for week one on the second half of the show. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about, guys, I know, Wes, and you haven't listened yet. I think John has. Uh, today is Wednesday, September 23rd. Lane Kiffin was the guest today on a very popular, not that I necessarily listen to it, but a very popular sports podcast, Pardon My Take, with Big Cat and PFT Commenter over on Barstool. Uh, again, not a huge Barstool fan, but I think generally uh, Pardon My Take is thought of as like one of the, the better things that come out of Barstool. I listened to the, the Kiffin interview earlier today. Uh, it, was, it was really, really good. John, I know you listened as well. Um, and and I'll, I'll get your thoughts, but just at, like you were saying earlier, John, uh, Kiffin projects something that we haven't seen uh, from Ole Miss coaches in a very long time, which is a, a kind of quiet confidence. Um, he doesn't have the the Hugh Freeze, uh, let's call it, 
a curse of needing to impress everyone all the time and never shut up and always be, you know, going above and beyond to project something, no matter what it is with Freeze, it was uh, something to do with his faith. Um, you know, Kiffin really comes across as a guy that is focused on football and also has been places where he's won big, has a lot of experience, kind of knows what he's doing. Of course, we'll see how that plays out. I think he even said in the interview, you know, uh, I think Big Cat said, you know, I, I love Lane Kiffin offense. He's going to score a million points that he'll miss. And Kiffin said, I don't know if you've seen our schedule. So even, even, even he is tempering expectations. I don't know if this is the season uh, by any means, but he's also talking in the interview about four to five years from now, et cetera, um, about building a program. And really, I think as an Ole Miss fan, hearing that interview uh, was, was confidence inspiring. But what did you take away from that interview, John? I guess just a side note to start. It, forget the Barstool portion. Pardon my takes, probably worst case top three sports podcast out there. So it's as you're on the, uh, you're on the podium of platforms. And he had 40, 40 minutes. He, um, he's clearly – he's in the upper echelon of communicators, marketers from a program management standpoint. Um, presents well. I mean, Lane – Lane probably – Lane's probably a top – well, I don't know. I mean, his, his – people – it's, it's interesting. Lane's, what, 61 and 34, give or take, is a head coach. So he's won two out of three games he's been. He's only 45. He's got a lot, been through a lot of experiences. He's coached, he's, he's coached at USC. They had the sanctions, the whole tarmac thing. I get that. He's had to work his way back. I don't know. I mean, I guess what it's to me, it's lined up for him to. Th this is the job where he is a more seasoned, matured person, puts it together and, ha and and makes a run. And where that goes and what that how that quantifies, we'll see. Um, but it, it's it's nice, I'd say, as an Ole Miss fan, a to is fan to have somebody that can that that can run the program because. They haven't really had any. They haven't had anybody that, that's this steady from a program management standpoint since Cutcliffe. You're going back to Cutcliffe, Tuberville, because I'm make sure I'm not missing anybody. What Wes jump in here? But I mean, we went Orgeron, Nut, Freeze, Luke, and none of those guys would run the program as steady as Cutcliffe and Kiffin's. Kiffin's already Cutcliffe or better. Is in the Cutcliffe category from a program management. And Kiffin's a way better recruit. Way better recruiter on paper. Um, is he going to be able to win the five-star battles in the SEC with Ole Miss resources compared to to Georgia, to Alabama, to LSU? I don't know, but it, it gives you a shot to do something. So I want to know: Is he going to be able to win the in-state battles against Deion Sanders? Ooh, <laughs> and Warren Sapp and Terrell Owens. I mean, that's going to be tough. I do have a question. Maybe y'all can yes. answer it because I don't know. Okay, so pre, I guess before Freeze got fired, was he ever on a sports podcast like of that magnitude? Freeze was on part of my take as a Liberty coach. And, I'm talking uh, like when, when Freeze was on this when he first got bed. fired. No, though. and Wes, the bed week one. I, I also think that there wasn't uh, there wasn't an equivalent at the time either. But True. I think to your larger point, there's no way Freeze could ever go on a show like this and listen to the interview. Later, Wes, and you'll see what I mean. 
and take himself as not seriously as Lane did. I mean, they talked about it. They, they talked about Joey Freshwater. They talked about getting fired on the tarmac at USC. They talked about getting shoot out by Saban. They talked about, uh, you know, that, that ad he did at FAU where he's, it's a very exciting time, like very, very <laughs> shitty FAU hype video. It's a great interview. And I think really that's what struck out to me about Kiffin. I, don't, I can't say for sure to your point, John, is this something that's going to connect with kids the way apparently for a while there at least Hugh Freeze would connect with kids with the faith thing. Um, you know, I, I think his personality is like a, a more self-aware version of the Saban personality where he wants to very much be a program manager with high standards. Um, but as this, as this interview shows, he doesn't take himself so seriously. Um, honestly, he really came across as a pretty good guy. Um, all in all, and also somebody like to John's point when he, when he brought up the 61 and 34 college record, I mean, he has some big time experience. Um, and, and, and I think that's only kind of his head coaching. That's not counting, you know, the USC teams and the Alabama teams where he was an assistant and, and a part of really major winning ways. So I think it's a really interesting position for Ole Miss. I think if, if it wasn't Ole Miss, it was going to be somebody else. I know he had an offer to, to go to Arkansas. Um, I, I think Ole Miss is getting lucky. Uh, to get Lane Kiffin right now, and and just props again uh, to Keith Carter for making the move on Matt Luke when he did. I know he said that before, but I think he he looked around and he saw the fact that there were people like Mike Norvell and Lane Kiffin that were available last year. It probably wouldn't have been the case a year later, um, and and I'm not sure that's the only reason he made that decision. But I think if that was part of his decision, which I assume it was, um, he's looking pretty smart right now. You forgot to say thank you, Elijah Moore. Yeah, more everything has like been so down here for Norvell right now. I mean, like, dude, like, is, is Elijah Georgia Moore Tech? gonna get fifteen extra targets this year for getting Lane the job? Sure, uh, that's a legitimate question. I think he should. Well. Yeah, what, Wesson, please, please finish your thought about uh, Mike Norvell's month so far. He's he lost to Georgia Tech. He got COVID. Oh, I feel like if he would have taken the Ole Miss job, not not that I'm happy we don't have. Kiffin, but I mean, Norvell and Kiffin were both like good options to be our top candidates, in my opinion. But man, he just—I like, mean, he's—he would have gotten oh a longer God. leash at Ole Miss. Like he—he he could have lost a lot more at Ole Miss before anybody said shit, honestly. But good luck to the guy, huh? He made his choices. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, with Florida State, it's like a lot. You know, they—they kind of act like they have like a ton, a ton of money, but they really don't. I mean, I'm surprised they were able to get the buyout for Taggart because I mean, I was reading recently they've had like, I guess after Jimbo left, they've had like a lot of money issues with, you know, raising money from alumni and stuff. So. Yeah. But I mean, I mean everybody, everybody says that, but when's the last time somebody, a, a, a power five school that we care about enough to hear of didn't hire a coach because of money. When it comes time to hire the coach, you can get the donations. I think the bigger thing is, is all the other stuff around your program and that and you need that money to win. We're talking about uh, the, um, the people you hire now that just watch film, I forgot what they're called, all those special employees and then your sports marketing and your recruiting office and your stadium upgrades and all that stuff. Um, I think in the long term, that's really where it comes to bite you. But yeah, they, they found the money for Norvell. I have no idea how it's going to work out. If uh, Taggart's any indication, I, I do not have any uh, envy for Norvell's position right now. Dude, have y'all seen the tweet that Kiffin uh, – I guess this was like a year ago before he came to Ole Miss. Um, there was a YouTube video of like Kiffin's greatest tweets compilation, and he tweeted at Lamar Jackson asking him if he wanted to come home and play in Boca Raton. 
it was like the funniest thing yeah. ever. He did it like they, they brought it up in a press conference, but they're like, well, how'd you do that? He's like, I just thought, you know, he's from around Boca Raton. I thought he wanted to come home. But this is like after he was like get, going to the NFL, like foregoing his junior year of eligibility and going to the league. But I don't know. It's no, really funny. On, on pardon my take, they asked Kiffin about uh, his, his tweet where he tweeted a meme about Kim Jong-un turning down the Tennessee job. <laughs> Dude, that's savage. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. Honestly, honestly Kiffin, uh, Kiffin's Twitter is, is pretty tame now compared to what it was when he was FSU, FAU, from what I can tell. So I, I assume that's a calculated yeah. move on his part. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it, you know, but I mean, it's, I guess it's not as, uh, it's not I as think bad. you need to be I careful guess. because, I mean, it's no joke like what happened to Mike Leach. Like he got in serious yeah. trouble for tweeting a meme that seemed harmless yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. It's like, well, yeah, so probably, probably for the best, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of race and college football, Wes mentioned this earlier, um, kind of a big story potentially on the horizon here that involves Ole Miss and also involves Georgia from the SEC East. Uh, there's a safety named Otis Reese that transferred from Georgia to Ole Miss after last season. Uh, he has not yet been cleared to play by the NCAA. There's a lot of different factors there. It's It's a really weird situation because – eligibility in general is kind of just like doesn't seem to be a big deal this year they're saying everybody gets a free year of eligibility regardless i think it's happening in baseball too um all kinds of stuff so basically reese tweeted last night that kirby smart is blocking his transfer uh after telling him if he finished the season at georgia he would let him transfer he also tweeted about how uh he was uh, party to racist behavior at UGA from, I believe you said, another player as well as Athens Police Department. Uh, Georgia released a statement today refuting that in so many words, basically saying, you know, we would love to release the details about Otis Reese's transfer, but we can't because of privacy laws. Basically tra- challenging Reese to give them the p- permission to release details. I really don't know. My reaction at the time was when I first read Reese's post, the allegation that Kirby Smart told him, hey, play for your team, finish the season. I'll let you transfer after the season. I won't block you. Uh, and then went back on it. Like, that's a really bad look for a lot of reasons. Not even even take out all the stuff about racism and obviously the environment right now. Um, I just couldn't believe that Kirby would – I believe that he would do that, but I just think it's a terrible look when it comes to recruiting. Um, and, on, and the other side of this is Ole Miss could really use Reese. The defense is going to be horrendous, god-awful. Uh, he's an experienced player that would that would be in the DB. It would be a starter. Um, so no idea what's going to happen there, but it's a little bit of drama on the Evo football. Well, I think I alluded to this earlier, but it's like you think there has to be some kind of bad blood between Kiffin and Smart because that they were on the Saban staff at the same time. I, I could see because they're two different personalities that they would clash, whereas this might be another reason that he's blocking the transfer because he doesn't like playing. Along with him being like a piece of crap, but I could see that as another. Mo- yeah, I mean, I, it took me from not really caring that much about Kirby either way to like actively disliking him. So that's kind oh, of oh, absolutely, I'm at. Yeah, it's a terrible look. I mean, I have so some of my good friends in Georgia, they're high school coaches. Um, I guess they don't. I mean, they don't really. They, they, they Wasn't you're like covering your microphone? This is ridiculous. Wesson, we oh. told Wesson he could use his phone. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's much better. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I guess my finger was over it. No, so I have some, I have some friends that are uh, high school coaches in Georgia, um, and they went to Georgia, but I don't know. They're kind of – Kirby Smart over there is not really – in Georgia is not really well-liked, actually. 
So take that for one. One big one away. I thought I thought he was a good dog. Loves Georgia. Well, I mean, I I guess that's true, but he's not really well liked in the state very much. Um, So take take that for what it is. I mean, is that purely because he hasn't won the big game yet? No, just because the way I mean, I get it. Like being a big program, like you want to recruit nationally too, but as much talents in Georgia, like you think you would try to get as much in-state talent as you could too. And he's like, you know, just cause I guess being shitty, he's like pissed off a lot of the high school coaches over there. Yeah. I don't know if I'm Kirby, I'm not losing a ton of sleep over that. As long as I'm still finishing top five every year in recruiting. You know? Well, you say that though, but then, you know, he, I guess Kirby wasn't the coach then, but Mark Rick, like, you know, passed on Deshaun Watson, a Gainesville mm. native and hero. And, Clemson well, won two titles out of it. And Hugh Freeze did beat uh, Smart's ass with a lot of Georgia talent back in 2016, yeah. right? Yeah, Evan Ingram had like two touchdowns that game. Yeah. Those are the I kind remember, of people that were like, yeah, like these guys should be going to Actually, if you look, I think this, uh, you see behind me, that I have like the, an old Miss Panorama my sister gave me. I think it's actually from that game. Oh, um, nice, dude. I remember if, that. Uh, if you told me that, that Georgia never – begins a slow decline and Kirby is gone in three years because yeah, just believable. I think because of Mullen because you got talent but he can never figure out how to throw put it all together and the offense is a mess everybody gets anxious restless I I could believe that I mean hell Pruitt Pruitt's team looked competent last year I think Mullen's gonna be really good at Florida he already is he was last year um I don't know it's getting a little tougher over there in the east where does Kentucky, Lane Kentucky, stock sit if he beats Mullen on Saturday? I mean, I think it's high. I think I think win or lose, the stock is very high with Ole Miss fans. I mean, yeah, I think there's a one in eight chance they win the game, time. but if they beat Dirty Dan, oh, it's going to be fun. Dude, I, I mean, we'll get let's we'll talk about the game in one second, but I I don't know. I just had to say first of all that Georgia game. I remember because it was like the only time Derek Jones ever played defense, and he got a pick six. We're all like, <laughs> yeah, holy shit! And he didn't do anything dude. the rest of the year. Well, no, he got smoked against Arkansas later that year. <laughs> yeah, well, y'all remember uh, y'all remember Dietrich Bain Dukes, the linebacker yeah. that played. He had yeah. a good yeah. game. But beside note, before we move on, so the coaches that I know in Georgia, they were actually their head coaches now, but a few years ago, they were Deshaun Watson's like offensive coordinator and QB coach at Gainesville High School, so um, pretty tight. And once again, I, my my favorite thing about having Weston on the show is he just always like fully doxes any source he has, like has to reveal their their address and personal info. I love it. Well, no, but I mean, I'm not going to say their names, but I mean, like you know, <laughs> well, they're, they're, you they're can put the pieces to together. Hey, I tr- I trust you. I believe that Kirby has pissed off people in Georgia. Absolutely. Dude, but um, they had some really cool, like, just Deshaun Watson, like, recruiting stories, which I won't share here, but just like well, – well, I mean, now I want to hear. what What's holding you back? Okay, well, all right. So, they were telling me that, um, you know, they want – Deshaun wanted to go to Georgia, but, like, Mark Rick wouldn't even give him, like, the time of day or, like, even look at his tape. And mind uh-huh. you, in high school, like, Deshaun was a five-star. Like, you know, Gainesville's, like, right next door to Athens. Um, and Urban Meyer was like the same way. They just everybody like slow played him, and the only people that like really, really recruited him like really hard was Clemson because mm-hmm. Chad Morris like saw his tape and was like, "We've got to get this kid. Like he's a he's a program changer," which turned out to be true. But. That's actually yeah, that's crazy. Um, hmm. So there you go. Interesting. Well, that, I mean, that is interesting. Um, regret. You think there. you think if if Rick would have signed him, he might have like kept his job. 
Well, if I mean the Deshaun won a natty pretty easily at Clemson, I'm sure he could have done it at Georgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, most important position on the field. All right, before we uh, before we look at the lines for the week and the other teams, I'd like to um, take a look at the other team schedules real quick. It's SEC only, and we'll take a stab at some uh, some records here. Um, but the the last thing I wanted to bring up, I mentioned it earlier. Um, what are your What are your thoughts, guys, on uh, Jackson State hiring Dion? I think it's awesome. I think it's it it's this. There's nothing Jackson State can lose. You know. Um, yeah, it brings no, them totally. much needed exposure. Absolutely, that's true. Is he is is I don't know if it's going to work, but it's PR. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like the Penny Hardaway in Memphis. I feel like it'll be great at first, and then I mean, maybe he'll try. I hope he'll try to be a good a good on the field. Dude, coach, if Deion but, Sanders recruits at JSU like Penny Hardaway recruits at Memphis, that would actually be insane. What's the What's the highest rated recruit Jackson State's ever gotten? I'm going to Google it right now. Walter Payton, baby. I don't, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't, back then, they weren't, recruits weren't rated. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of it because I, I, I need to see Dion make it through a full season without resigning before I believe that he can actually make it a full season. So, yeah. So I mean, is that, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I was just going to say, no, there's, not gonna be, uh, there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him there. No. So, is that tweet? like legit that one saying like Warren Sapp and Terrell Owens and all of them were coming down to be well, on staff or not. Warren and Sapp has refuted it a few times. So I know at least his part apparently is not as of yesterday. Oh, that's right. Cause that's okay. Never mind. I know what that tweet means now. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Dude. That's one of my favorite teams. Like growing up with that, those, even though like I'm a Saints fan, I loved watching the Tampa Bay bucks, like with that defense with like Warren Sapp and all of them and like Derek Brooks. Like they were so good, yeah. Um, and in the Super Bowl when they beat the crap out of the Raiders with John Gruden, like I was the only one in my fifth grade class that picked the Buccaneers to win. Everybody else picked the <laughs> picked the Raiders, and well, I mean, I like Rich Cannon was a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but that freaking defense was nasty. Are we really, like, are we really talking about Rich Gannon right now, Wes? I mean, yeah, apparently, yeah, I'm, dude. I'm over. I'm just scrolling through the recruiting rankings. I'm at 150 so far. Sacramento State. Trying to see if I can find the Tigers. So Kentucky goes to Auburn. There's a shot at an upset there. Okay, yeah, yeah, wait. So let's not talk about this week's game. Let's, let's talk about the West uh, first. Schedules. What we think's gonna right. happen? Okay. Yep. And then we'll uh, and then we'll take a break and do the uh, the lines of the week. Um, all, right. all right. So first team in the West alphabetically would be Alabama, right? So they got that white kid playing quarterback. Yeah, Mac, Mac Jones. That's him. Yep. Did you just say white kid? Is that an insensitive comment? I don't think so. I think that's – I believe he is white, if I'm recalling. I mean, that's an accurate description. I'm just trying to figure out where we're at on the uh, – Well, the, it's kind of more It's kind of more notable when it's a football player. Well, maybe not for quarterback, but hard to say. Yeah. So they, they open with Missouri. That's a win. A&M is ranked 10th. That is interesting. That's a win. Ole Miss – That's very high. They played Georgia week four. Tennessee week five. I mean, I think they're looking at 5-0, and but maybe Georgia or Tennessee get them. They beat Leach. LSU week seven, Auburn. I mean, is, is two losses pop, uh, possible here between 
LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, A&M. I mean, this has got to be Alabama's toughest schedule in a ever. Question, Justin. Um, do you, what about the uh, Alabama defensive line? Like, are they going to be better than they had, like, last year or healthy again or, like, difference-making ability? Like, you know what I mean? Hey, man, your guess is as good as mine. They could all have COVID. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, like, last year, you know, was, you know, the Alabama defense was good, but they didn't have as good, like, defensive line yeah. play, so they weren't as dominant at the point of attack. So, yeah. I'm going to say 9-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, and, probably. Uh, SEC championship game, Alabama back in the playoff this year. If, yeah. if things go wrong, I guess it would probably start with Mac Jones. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they've, they've lost a ton of talent to the NFL in the last few years, but they always do. So I can't really say that's going to make a huge difference. Has, uh, is Steve Sarkeesian still calling the plays for off- their offensive coordinator? Sounds right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're probably, yeah, I guess they're 9-1. Nothing to see there. <laughs> if I had to pick the one, I would say Auburn. I think Bo Nix beats him. Yeah, no, that's it'd be that's fun fair. to see it'd be fun to see Pruitt beat him on October twenty fourth. <laughs> I guess what Tennessee won eight games last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a good year. I mean it's it's I, I don't believe in A and M at number ten, obviously. But Dude, no it is it is pretty tough sledding between October third and really really all of October. They get old miss as a as a cupcake, but they gotta play AM, Georgia, and Tennessee. Get a week off against Leach, and then turn around and play LSU, Kentucky, Auburn. That's tough. I mean, it's a tough schedule. But uh, then again, I see I could see Saban thriving in a, a weird season like this. I guess we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe we'll get thrown off his rhythms. Who's to say? Let's talk about LSU, uh, defending national champs. Lost a ton. They're starting that Mississippi kid at quarterback, right? Yeah, from uh. Um, yeah, Miles Brown. This is actually to me. This is the most yeah. interesting game of the weekend. Probably is is State in Baton Rouge at two thirty on Saturday. Get to see the yeah. Leach debut. Get to see Miles Brennan debut. Dude, I'm curious to see because you know I know like with the Leach systems, there's usually like a few years of growing pains. Um, so I don't know how like bad they're actually going to look. Yeah, and we'll get to them in a second. But I I'm definitely interested to see what they look like on the field on Saturday. I, I think Schrader, their uh, that quarterback that went viral for flying up in the air last year, is like playing wide receiver now, and they got this. Uh, they got this wait, transfer QB. Should be interesting. So is LSU have is a bunch of their defensive line? Are they sitting out? Or are they going to play? Something like because I know that was an issue. Or they they still they still have one really good receiver from last year, right? But obviously Burrow is what made that team go. And Edward Solaire is gone. It's 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 probably a regression of the mean for LSU this year, right? I mean, their schedule yeah. is easier than Alabama's. They play Florida in Week Four, so let's just say they lose that. Even still, they're probably uh, six and one going into the Alabama game, assuming they lose to either Florida or Auburn. Lose to Alabama six and two. Oh, and they, I mean they're they're still gonna go. Uh, they're still going to win eight games. Oh, that's right. Bo Pelini's back as their defensive coordinator, isn't he? No, I see them losing to two out of Florida, Auburn, Bama. And, I mean, that's that's about it. Their schedule's soft. They got South Carolina, Missouri. Yeah. Maybe A&M. Maybe they lose. Right. That's, I mean, their schedule is really favorable. 
and they and they play Ole Miss in the last game of the season. So, Dude, depending on how the season goes, like I feel like though that if we roll up as the last like show, like Lane and the boys will pull out a few stops and could get an upset. You never know, but that's a long way to go. But well, I know that game. That's what- I know that's what State's thinking this weekend as well. They got a new offense, and LSU's coming off the natty, and they're reeling. So I think they're thinking the same thing. So it'll be interesting. I mean, everybody's going to be gunning for LSU this year, what the, the weaknesses, but still. I look at that schedule, I don't see them. I mean, seven and three is the absolute floor with that schedule. Yeah, I mean, like, again, you know, the LSU-Ole Miss game, that would be the one game I could see, like, where Ole Miss could get up, and I would circle that one for maybe a potential upset, depending on how it goes. Because I know, you know, kids – going to get everybody ready. Yeah, and that's a let's long get, way. It's just let's, like get to, let's get to Ole Miss in a second. I clicked on over Mississippi State. They start with LSU. I think that's a loss, even with LSU being what they are. Uh, Arkansas, they can probably win. I have no idea what we're expecting out of Arkansas this year. Do they have a – they have Felipe Franks as the quarterback at Arkansas, don't they? I, if our, um is Arkansas going to win a game? That's the question with them. I have no faith in the Pittman hire, so we will see about that. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's see. State could be one and one at Kentucky. I think is probably a loss. I think Kentucky is going to be pretty good this year. Don't they? Uh, don't Kentucky have a quarterback now or better one? The guy's back. He got injured last year. He's back now. Okay. Uh, I don't see a win on the Arkansas schedule. All right, well, let's finish picking the state's record, and we'll go straight to Arkansas. How about that? So, two, three losses, four losses, five losses, six losses. It looks – I mean, I think four and six is is probably optimistic for state. They need to beat Ole Miss to get to four and six. So, they beat Ole Miss, Missouri, Vandy, and Arkansas. I think other than that, the, the other game will be an upset if they get five and five. That's that, Their schedule's kind of tough as well. I mean, drawing Georgia from the east is – is rough. Oof. I kind of wish we were playing state, like to start out the season, and then like playing fun. Florida. It'd be really fun to have a leech in, <laughs> right? Leech and uh, Kiffin to start off the season. All right, let's go over to Arkansas, John. John says he doesn't see a win. Let me see. Georgia loss, Mississippi State loss, Auburn loss, Ole Miss toss up slash loss, A and M loss, Tennessee loss, Florida loss, LSU loss, Missouri loss, Alabama mm-hmm. loss. You're right, John. What I mean, I, I'm seeing one and nine as the ceiling. <laughs> on that schedule. They beat either Ole Miss or Mississippi State if they're going to yep. get a single win. Ooh, that is brutal. Yep. That is really that is really tough. Ooh, that's tough. But I wonder how that's going to be received for Pittman. Uh, let's jump over to Auburn. We haven't talked about them yet. Got Bo Nix back at quarterback. Malzahn's never going to die. And nope. let's see here. Auburn against Kentucky to start. Oh, that's a good game. That's a good game at 11 a.m. Be flipping back and forth between that one. I need a two-TV setup for this. Okay, low-key, I think Mark Stoops is probably one of the best coaches, like, turning Kentucky into a consistent I like bowl. I like Mark Stoops. I do, too, man. Um, barring injuries like last year, I know that they had some deep – but their defense, like, the past yeah. – They had like injuries team. last year, and he moved a wide receiver to quarterback, and they ran all over people, and it was crazy. Like, I love that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, too, from a defensive standpoint, their defensive line always looks, like, really stacked. And yeah. I think yeah. they had some defensive line injuries, too. But, I mean, they've had some really good teams the past just five years. But anyway, I mean, it yeah. kind of reminds but, me a little bit of Mullen's teams at State where he, he seems to run, like, a, a developmental program that pays off after you give him time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he's actually – I guess I don't know if you could argue he might be doing a little bit better job than Mullen maybe, but – Maybe. It's easier division if you're talking about Mullen as state. 
Yeah. Um, so start opening with Auburn. That's probably a win for Auburn. Auburn then goes to Georgia. I'll say that's a loss. Beat Arkansas, beat South Carolina, beat Ole Miss. So that, that, that puts them at four and one, uh, taking LSU at home. I think I'll give them that game five and one state six and one pretty good slate here for Auburn. So they could be six and one going into Tennessee, Alabama, Texas A&M. And at that point, I mean, they kind of control their own destiny. And hell, they could be Georgia. I have no idea what Georgia is going to be like uh, in week two. So that's an interesting schedule. I think Auburn's a team to keep an eye on this year. Malzahn's always a little, you never yeah. know if it's going to be a, a great season or a terrible season. All right, yeah, so they're either going like 10 and two or six and six. There's like no in between. AM, we haven't talked about, and then we'll do Ole Miss. So AM, I've already said a couple times, really questioned that number 10 ranking. Open with Vandy, then Alabama, that's one and one. Then Florida, that's one and two. Uh, state two and two, Arkansas, South Carolina. Uh, so they're looking at let's see, four and two heading into Tennessee and Ole Miss. Definitely, I mean, I'd, maybe six and two after that. I, Tennessee is going to be a big. It's interesting having this all SEC schedule, right? Because it, there's yeah. some of these teams are really the swing in so many schedules. Like Tennessee, I see as a huge swing game for just about everybody they play. A yeah. um, and M is the same way on everybody else's schedule, and they end with LSU and Auburn. I honestly, it's a weird season. I don't know what's going to happen as far as COVID and people missing games, games getting canceled and stuff. I know that's already happening uh, in other leagues, but it's it's going to be an interesting season, um, especially if these games actually get played. There's a lot of really interesting matchups we would not be getting otherwise. Dude, ten, I mean, A uh, and M is like super overrated. I don't know. I, I agree. Like, I mean, the, here's the thing: is like I, I went to the A&M Ole Miss game, and like they were begging us, you know, they were begging us for Ole Miss to like beat them. It's just with Luke, they just couldn't do it. But I mean, I figured if it's weird though, because yeah. like every year since they've joined the SEC, like the league, we have always played them like super close, mm-hmm. like every year, pretty much. I mean, and didn't uh, didn't didn't Arkansas g- give them a close game last year too at AT and T Stadium? Yeah, they always do too. Like Arkansas gives them a really close game because, like, I, I guess was it? Yeah. So the year before, you know, we were playing them really close, but then Tamu fumbled the handoff to to uh, Scotty Phillips, like at the ten yard line or whatever, and that kind of just it, it just yeah. came unraveled. But I mean, that was like in the third, second, or third quarter, I think. I mean, so it was yeah. like back. In, I mean, it was we had like a touchdown or two touchdown lead before that. And then, so, um, yeah, it's, this I, is I, year three of Jimbo. Yeah. Is it only your three? For yeah, me, I have trouble. Um, I, I have trouble thinking you're the number ten it, in the country when you struggle with with Chad Morris and Matt Luke offenses last year. It feels like. I mean, it feels like we're gonna get, go do more of the same with A and M again. That's not what Jimbo was hired to do, and that's not financially where they're invested at. So yeah, what they pay him ten million dollars a year or something insane. He, something okay, like his salary is so crazy. Thing, I, I knew it wasn't gonna work. The minute that I read that A and M like gave Jimbo a championship plaque, where it's like, here's a plaque when you go ahead and win us a title, and then I knew it definitely wasn't going to work when they hired Bjork. Yep, that's called that's called cursed karma. Okay, so Jimbo Fisher, according to Google, makes five hundred thousand dollars a year plus a supplemental salary of seven million dollars. So that's a you got to love college football bookkeeping. Uh, all right, so. Let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to look at the Ole Miss schedule and then get into the Lions for the week. Uh, So, like I already said, at the top of the show, 
college football is back, that means betting on college football is back. And the only place to bet, if you listen to this show and you want to support us, is bet online. Uh, they really go the extra mile to make sure you can get in on all the action imaginable this season, every season, every sport, from games, spreads, and totals, team, player, coaching, uh, prop bets. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. If you want to, you know, go ahead and take some money straight out of your bank account and put it on our upcoming locks of the week in the second half of the show, bet online is the place you're going to want to do it. Um, go ahead and go on over to, over there today, get in on their season opening bonuses and start off wagering on win division and championship futures. Uh, take advantage of all those great signup bonuses, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now on to my favorite ad that I never feel stupid doing Weston. I think this is one that maybe is you're going to be interested in. Um, so 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, right? But there's one thing you can control and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. All right. So again, I always say this, this is the point where I'm supposed to tell a funny manscaping story, but I just don't think I have one. So I'll open it up to the group. Uh, anybody want to take that one or just, uh, we'll move on. Wasn't you got anything? It could, for it could just be a figure of your imagination, Justin. I'm going to refer all my stories to uh, the lawyer of the podcast, Will Bedwell, for my comments. So. That seems appropriate. I don't think we're cleared to necessarily say um, the, the real manscaping story for Wes, and so we'll move on. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer designed to give you confidence boost by improving your body image. Ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down there. Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof. Comes with an LED light to get manscaped in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat, that might come in handy. Uh, also just released the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools. It includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, finger, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Uh, also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll find the Crop Preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer don't just use the same stuff you use on your arms guys come on get real this is going to help you tame that summer swamp ass and you know if you live in houston like i do swamp ass is not something we're only dealing with in the summer down here natural hydrators and antioxidants in the crop crop reviver uh you'll also find a testy toner that's like having cologne designed for your balls it won't judge you if you catch you sniffing around i won't judge you but i will be impressed by the flexibility Head on over to manscaped.com. Check out some of these life-changing products. So uh, actually, because you listen to this show, and I know you're interested in this kind of stuff, you're going to give you 20% off plus free shipping. All you got to do, use our code armchair over at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and start shaving your balls. Thank you so much to Manscaped. Thank you to Bet Online. Back here with Wes and Dean and John Stefanczyk. All right, guys, so the time has come. We all have to make commitments here. We're going to be picking the record for Ole Miss. I don't want any Pollyanna bullshit. I want to give it straight. I'm going to start Florida, loss. Kentucky, loss. Alabama, loss. You're 0-3. That's brutal. If you, honestly, if you get a win at Kentucky, that's a, that's a big moral victory, I think, for the program. Beat Arkansas, you're 1-3. Lose to Auburn, you're 1-4. Beat Vandy, you're two and four. South Carolina is a swing game. Let's say they get to three and four. Lose to AM, although to Weston's point, maybe they'll play them close. So that gives us three and five. 
going into state and LSU. Yeah. Um, going into state and LSU, three and five is actually an interesting place because, you know, you get a win over Leach and you take a lot of momentum into that LSU game that Weston was talking about as potentially a, a game where they get up to try to get to five and five. I, I don't know anything about bowl eligibility this year. I don't know if there will be bowls, but, it, you know, potentially five and five or four and five going to that game playing for a bowl. Um, I'm going to say four and six, and honestly, I think it's a strong showing for uh, for Kiffin if he can beat South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Old, uh, Mississippi State, and Arkansas, um, and look respectable in some of these other games. I think that's a that's a good start towards recruiting to to help build the program. I'm going four and six. Wesson? Yeah, yeah. I guess four and six or five and five. I feel like you know the South Carolina A and M games are one of those, like you said, swing games, I could definitely see us winning. Maybe a game that we don't – like, especially A&M, a game we have, like, no business of winning, but coming up and uh, um, beating Jimbo and the Aggies. I could definitely um, see – I mean, which is some good, you know, jet sweeps and scheming. I feel like it's possible. I feel like South Carolina's not very good either. I feel like South Carolina, we could win that one, one of those two. I, I just know this – I'm going to say it now. I know it's going to be a game that we – have no business of winning that we're definitely going to upset somebody. So you want, you maybe want like A&M or is, but you think, you think A&M, Kentucky, LSU, South Carolina, it's going to be one of those. South Carolina is one of my four wins, I think. And, and what I just picked, I mean, three and okay, seven, well, two, and eight eight LSU much, or yeah. two and eight is very much a possibility. Yeah, yeah. true. John, but, anything to add there? Um, what are your thoughts? We won't be out coached. So. Well, we'll see about that. It's a three and seven record on paper, but mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a, it's a unique year, and it's the season's really more about marketing the program. Well, it's as much about marketing the program as it is the actual result on the field, if that makes any sense. And play corral and sling it around, and go recruit some guys that can do that, do that, and better in three years. Yeah. So let's we get that big. Oh, I said I think when we get that big upset game, it's gonna show it's gonna like put us on the map. Even if we go like four and six, like that, hey man, these guys were pretty close all year. They played tough, like there's there's potential there going in the future. I could get playing time early and go play there. Kind of like with in twenty twelve. Yeah. Except obviously the only thing that's working against us right now is we can't have recruits on campus to visit still. They the NCAA hasn't lifted the dead period. Right. Right. Um, and that is that is painful. Um, okay, so let's get into talk. Let's talk about Matt Corral. Let's talk about the depth chart in the service of picking lines. So why don't we go through? Uh, we'll pick lines for the SEC games. We'll end with Ole Miss, Florida. Give some final thoughts there and what we're looking for in that game uh, and, and some, some predictions. So going down the list of games this weekend, haven't gotten to an SEC game yet. Here's our first one. Uh, we got Tennessee minus three. At South Carolina, um, this game's going to be kind of tell us a lot because, like I said, Tennessee is on a lot of schedules for these SEC West teams. I think Tennessee and how good or bad they are this season is going to define a lot of other seasons. Um, I will take Tennessee minus three. Yep, agree, definitely agree. And we didn't go through the East teams. Maybe we will next week. We'll look at some East schedules and pick those. Yeah. But I mean, James what do we think about Columbia. South Carolina? Yeah, what? Yeah, games in Columbia. Probably the biggest toss-up of the weekend. I, 
I gently lean Tennessee, but if, if I mean if South Carolina went and won the game, it wouldn't surprise me at all. So I want to say South Carolina, they brought in a transfer that had beat out the Holinsky kid that got hurt last year at quarterback. So that'll yeah. be interesting. Mm-hmm. Who who's the offensive coordinator at South Carolina? Obviously, uh, uh kind of a defensive guy, right? Uh, who, uh, it was Dan Warner, wasn't it? I was about to say, yeah. It might still be. I don't know. I mean, that's not really an energy hire, but he's a good coach. Here's the thing with South Carolina, though. It's like if they get a better – once they get a better coach in there, starts rolling, they can, like, easily out-recruit Clemson. And Steve Spurrier was 5-2 and two against Clemson, too, with Dabo, against Dabo. So, yeah, I mean, but, that job – ha- But have times not shifted for, for good, maybe, in the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry? I mean, I don't I, know, man. I don't, I don't know so. that much about the state. Obviously, South Carolina has a big following, but I mean, damn, the stuff that Clemson's done the last few years—it's hard for me to believe they haven't picked up a ton of sidewalk fans. Oh, I—I I, I know that's that's definitely true. I'm just saying, like, with the right coach in uh, South Carolina, I think they could get that train rolling. Yeah, like, I would love to. I would like, love to see really that. good teams. I would love to see um, South Carolina hire a really good coach and see what happens in in that state. That could be interesting. Don't get me wrong, Clemson's still like a bell cow now in terms of program aspirations oh, yeah. for everybody. But at the same time, it's like I feel like they're kind of a paper tiger too. I feel like in the if if they were in the SEC, it'd be obvious. Which you could say that for a lot of teams, it'd be totally different. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm not really as sold to Clemson just being so elite. I feel like a good South Carolina coach could come in there and beat. Clemson more years than they lose to him if they could get things rolling in the right direction. Like before Spurrier just kind of gave up and went downhill. But anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see if we ever get the chance to see that. Uh, on to the next one Alabama minus 25, uh, or sorry, minus 27 at Missouri. I think I'm picking Missouri plus 27 in this spot. I don't know. I'm not sure Saban wants them to if win. It was week, if it was week two or later, I'd lay him. But week one sloppiness, Saban's going to. One excuse to get his team's attention. First Eli, game. Eli Drinkwitz. Any belief in Eli, Eli Drinkwitz? No. What I will say is, I'm looking at the public betting chart, and 96% of the money has been on Bama. The line hasn't moved at all, so maybe that's right where yeah. they want it. Dude, they Arkansas should have hired him, but because he's from Fayetteville. I'm not sure. I think, I he's, think, I think he'll I, do good things at Missouri, but who knows? I'm I mean, not he, sure he was that a good Arkansas. Coach. I'm not sure that he didn't turn down Arkansas. Maybe not. I don't know. It's just like. He would have made sense I mean, there. it's still really but, funny that Billy Napier turned down multiple SEC West programs to stay at UL Lafayette. That's still one of the funniest things. Dude, I think that if South Carolina came up and he would take that mm-hmm. job and do a really good – do really well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he was at Clemson uh, for a few years under Dabo. So. Right, right. All right, so give me, give me Missouri plus 27. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back to Florida Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia minus 24 and a half at Arkansas. Now, here's a spot where I may be thinking lay those points because I just, I, I'm not, I refuse to believe in Arkansas until it Go Hogs, though. Sure. I mean, I would love to see a game, but I don't know. It's interesting. It looked like it, yeah, it opened Georgia minus 24 and a half, moved to minus 26. Have I been looking at the right thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully that one's right. No idea. Who cares about that game? Um, moving on. Hey, can we have for that game? Can we have Sam Pittman and Matt Luke fight at the fifty-yard line before the game starts? I get in a fist fight. That'd be fun. Oh well, coach battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is sure. it is interesting that they they're matching up Pittman with his former his, his last job and opening week. That's fun. 
let's see. Mississippi State minus 16 and a half at LSU. Opened 18 and a half, moved a little bit towards state. It's an interesting line. I think it's a two-score game, but 16 and a half, maybe Leaves can keep it within that. LSU's got a ton to replace. They're without studying their schedule in detail. Don't really – and we'll see. They feel like a three-loss team, take a step or two back this year. Um, but State, I have no idea what we're getting. Um, State's got a one-in-eight one chance of winning this game, but mm. I say LSU wins a – I just I think LSU wins a quirky football game on Saturday. I think State's right. defense is gonna be is gonna be bad. They brought in that guy from like don't even remember where Navy yep. or something, but he'd run some weird system and they were already looking a little sloppy last year. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel think, like there's blowout potential there. Blowout like potential, I, said, I agree. And maybe, you know, maybe Brennan wants to prove something, but I'll I'll go ahead and take Leach minus sixteen and a half here. Why not? I was saying blood potential in terms of LSU because State's defense is going to be so bad. LSU is going to be able to Let's take the pressure off Britain early by no, I know. The run. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I'm wondering if LSU tries to use this as a game to prove something with everybody saying they've lost so much and people sitting out and all that. So oh, I, I can yeah. see that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another huge line here: A and M minus thirty and a half hosting Vanderbilt. I mean, yes, Vanderbilt yeah. is going to have a really rough season. They had a lot of people choose to sit out um Derek Mason is apparently just kind of going to be there forever regardless of what he does um doubt they'll be competitive in many games but 30 and a half for a Jimbo team is a big number but then again maybe it's not a it's not an important game so we could actually hit the number huh yeah yeah Yeah. I think so probably beats bad teams yep um just like Shea Patterson that's right. On to the best game of the 11 a.m. time slot outside of maybe Ole Miss, Florida, this Kentucky-Auburn game. I think this is an interesting one. Uh, Auburn opens minus eight, down to minus seven and a half now. Uh, hmm. I already said that I was kind of high on Auburn this year based on nothing but a gut feeling in Bo Nix. But I also like Kentucky. I think I'm taking Kentucky plus seven and a half here. It feels right. I think Auburn wins a. Auburn it's, wins it's, a one. It's at game. Auburn, but there's no fans, right? If it maybe yeah, it's just gonna be like a neutral site. Maybe twenty five percent fans. If I don't Gus know. and Bo Nix and everybody made a mess of their offense for a week, would that surprise anybody? No, nope, nope. no. I think it's a winnable game for Kentucky. I'm thinking Kentucky plus seven and a half. Uh, and one other thing I remember from, from Kiffin talking about, they asked him if he if he thought uh, it was gonna be weird playing without fans. And he said he comes from Conference USA, so he's been to a lot of socially distanced football games recently. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all right, moving along. Let's see how many SEC lines we have left. It's going to be tough to pick a lock of the week. I think all that's left is Ole Miss and Florida. So let's talk about that, and then we'll pick our locks of the week. This is already getting way harder not being able to pick outside the SEC. Uh, so according to this, according to this book, uh, Ole Miss opened minus 12 and a half. It's now at minus 14. I think it got as bad as minus 15, something like that. Uh, sorry, that's so the Florida. Florida is obviously the favorite. I don't know if I said that right. Um, I personally think you lay the points with Florida. I think Ole Miss could be respectable in this game, and Florida still scores in the 40s. I, mean, I think Ole Miss's defense is going to be that bad, and I also yeah. believe her in Mullen offenses. There's no, we don't have a defensive line. 
That's just what it boils down to. I mean, I guess our court, our secondary is kind of, you know, bad too, but not as bad, not as in bad shape as the defensive line. I was going to say, there's like one or two guys at each position group you've ever even really heard of. I mean, that's pretty much the way the depth chart is right now. It's, uh, it's going to be tough. Um, I, I think Ole Miss offense is probably the story to watch. If you're interested in watching this game from an Ole Miss perspective, like let's see how Corral plays. Let's see what they do with Plumlee. Um, offensive line we're being told is a strength. I'm, I'm not going to believe it until I see it, but apparently they've cobbled together years of Matt Luke recruits that were developmental guys. And finally they're kind of coming into their own. Um, I think they got two yeah. first starters on the right side, uh, Reese McIntyre and Jeremy James, I want to say is his name. I was going to say like, if one thing, I guess you can say thanks to Luke for restoring those guys. So right. Kevin could use them. Cause I mean, they, I think they will be pretty decent offensive linemen. Um, they just weren't ready to play in year one. It'll be interesting. I, I think, obviously, Corral is the story of the game for Ole Miss's offense. Apparently, last week at the last real scrimmage, Kiffin shut the whole thing down because Corral was looking like shit against our terrible defense. Um, so, we will see. I think there's yeah. a lot of people that think, okay, Corral can be fixed with Kiffin, the QB whisperer. Um, but I think that remains to be seen. I, I really have no idea what the QB depth chart looks like. I don't know if you guys saw, but Grant Tisdale and uh, Cade Rimfro are classified as wide receivers now. I think obviously they're still in the depth chart at QB, but it was a weird move. Kiffin said it had to do with making sure they're prepared for all COVID eventualities. I have no idea. Um, but so on paper now you have Corral, then Plumlee, who I really don't think is going to play a ton of QB this year. I don't know if it'll be because he's playing other stuff or because he's just sitting and not getting to play uh, if he's really stuck on playing QB. Uh, and then they I, think, got, I think Libby and Kiffin can face Corral. It's just going to take time, you know. It'll, you think it'll he take can? time. Yeah. Is he? Is he? I, my question there is: Is he going to have that time? Because Kiffin can always keep trying to bring in new guys that he likes more, right? So I, I, I really have no idea what Corral's future is at Ole Miss. Oh, I meant like just in terms of the season. I feel like it, as the season goes on and progresses, I feel like Corral would get better. We'll see. Uh-huh. I, I think our wide receivers are are for the first time in a long time a bit of a question mark. I mean, Elijah Moore was really good last year. I think behind that, you have a lot of guys that were good recruits and good on paper from Ontario Drummond to Miles Battle. I mean, apparently uh, Gregory's in the mix, that kid that Hugh Freeze recruited. Um, and then you look at Braylon Sanders somehow has gotten buried on the depth chart after being really good as a freshman. So I really have no idea what's going to happen with the wide receivers, and that's going to be a big part of how Corral does as well. Hey, I think we'll, Jonathan Mingo is going to be We'll watch good. it Saturday, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's right i think uh i think we're about to lose john here i see i see him fading off into the background but that's good we pretty much covered everything so i think that's uh, that's good we, we got to take care of our east coast friend he graciously started late for us uh central time zone people so we appreciate it john all right everybody call uh what's your what's your lock of the week out of those sec games ask me if you want me to repeat, repeat a line for you alabama minus 27 you're laying them yep. Weston, what do you got Ole Miss and Florida minus 14. You're taking Florida minus 14? Okay. Yeah. I will say – What's the LSU – how much are they favored by? Yeah. I already said I was going to give Leach the benefit of the doubt, but that one is looking appealing. Uh, LSU is only minus 16.5 right now on this book. Oof. Miles Brennan can't cover that. I'm not going to bet on Leach in week one. That's, that's crazy I wouldn't talk. Either, that's, that's crazy talk. That's um, an ugly game. I'm going to have a little bit of fun and go against myself earlier, and I'm going to take, uh, take Kentucky 
plus seven and a half. Why not? Why not? We're gonna we're gonna all start out zero and one, and that's fine. It's a new year. That's the uh, the Kentucky money line at the right number is a good bet. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I could see that. All right. Well, uh, any closing thoughts, guys? I know obviously now the football season's back. We'll probably be doing this a lot more often than we have the last six months. Fall ball's underway. Coach B has the boys. What what I'm banning about, you for a month. We do not talk saying, about Bianco two baseball in September. For even bringing up Bianco, we're no. That's, that's I mean, it might I be can't. the only thing to talk about if if they can't start canceling more games. You're, you're absolutely wrong. Kermit Davis is going to be the storyline for this year at Ole Miss Athletics. He's going to have it. I think he will be too. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, I think but basketball is going to be basketball is going to be easier to pull off than than football or even baseball at the college level just because of the size of the team. So, um, I, I, I'm putting my money on Kermit's team if I have to pick between the three. And we're not going to talk about Bianco for four more months, Wes. I'm sorry. I'm just saying the rotation looks is if we actually play. He's not listening to what we're saying. I said we're not going to talk about it. All Mute right, well, him. I know I need to. I need to kick him out of the chat. All right, well. Uh, thanks so much guys. Thanks for taking some time out of your week. Good to see all of you to our listeners. Good to, uh, know you're out there listening. We've missed you. Sorry. Uh, I've been so bad about doing this lately, but Hey, football season's back lane train, leaving the station. A lot to talk about. Any final words, Wesson? Um, I'm on the lane train. I bought season tickets. You got season tickets? Even though there wasn't going to be a season. Cause I know those season tickets would help with the salary. Um, so I won't you, be did, going to the game, huh? Did you did you get the seats or how's that work? Did you get the bottle? No, I got, get a yeah, I got the seats. Oh, you do I, have the it seats. Hasn't, it hasn't come in yet. It's on the way, I think. I heard you get um, Kiff and bobbleheads. You, you do, and I'm really place. excited. That's I'm really excited. Cool. I but I will be in Oxford uh, watching the game with some people. Uh, so it'll be nice. It'll be fun. So I'm looking forward to that. So it'll be great. It'll be great. All right. Sounds good, Wes. John, what you got? I have thought and I lost it. Just so leave us with some wisdom. I saw, I saw you thinking about you're going to say something. I had something. Blue, well, blue I think we can go back to your, your comment from five minutes ago. We'll watch the game and see what happens. Pretty much. It's, yeah. And that, that, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we've got football. All conference will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, well, so, I mean, the bit, I guess the, in general, before this all gets started and we get tied up in the paranoia of individual games, the number one goal for Kiffin this year is to market the program, mm-hmm. which could mean a lot of things mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Everything else is details. Yep, that's, that's true. That's true. You just – it's honestly – I mean, final thought here to John's point, uh, there's not a ton of outcomes that really – derail Kiffin to the season I mean it would have to be a scandal essentially Um, the the, the product on the field is going to be secondary just to having another year of recruiting and program building for him that's going to be the most important part so it'll be interesting to watch I think we're all uh, interested to to see what's going to happen and I am excited for some of these matchups we'll see how many of them actually happen but no matter what happens we will probably be back and talk to you about it I promise you that it's a possibility until next week Thank you for listening. For Wesson, for John, I'm Justin. Have a good one.